Welcome back to the Help I'm Alive podcast. Um, this week we have a very special guest. As every week, we usually have very special guests. Um, I'm I'm very happy with the amount of support I've gotten on this and the amount of people that are willing to come on and talk. Uh, but this week we have a special guest from hailing from Canada, actually, um, and his name is Manny. He uh, runs an Instagram account called Cannabonsai, and uh, I mean it's pretty much in the name, right? Uh, he makes bonsai trees out of um, really miniature pot plants if you've ever seen a, a pot plant they're pretty major they're they're pretty big um but the ones that he specifies in are these really cool uh miniature bonsai style uh cannabis plants and so welcome on man like thanks for thanks for coming on thanks for having me stoked to talk to you about them yeah man i think when i saw your instagram account initially i was i was like blown away at first because in the sense that i've never seen anybody do that did you like did you gain inspiration from someone else or is this something you kind of just experimented with on your own well I've, I've always wanted like a like a small house plant like like a small weed plant that i could just kind of keep around um and then i think a couple like a year and a half ago i saw a picture on reddit and someone had uh like a can of bonsai and i googled it and like there was not there wasn't much much on it and uh, same with Instagram. They're like one or two people kind of doing some things. And I don't know. I thought I'd, I'd give it a shot. Just kind of wing it. Uh, I knew I knew some like basics about growing. Um, so like it was just like LST and, and topping and just, you know, base, basic stuff. And I was like, all right, I'll just apply this to this plant. I'll put it in a small container and, and see what happens kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. I feel like, especially with, um, especially with pot. I mean, it's it's funny because, like, I have a couple of friends uh, that have growing experience, and they've talked about how easy it is, yet how temperamental it can be and how difficult it can be. But mm-hmm. it's funny because we call it weed, and like, it grows like a weed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. it should be simple in design as far as the growth process goes. But then taking taking that um, that process and then like miniaturizing it, making it small. Like I feel like that's a, that's a whole new challenge. And most people it's, are, used to, I wouldn't right? call it a challenge. Actually, it actually kind of makes it easier. Cause like, like you were saying, it's, it's easy, but hard, right? It's easy because the plant will grow regardless, but it's hard because of like the goals of like traditional cultivation, which are like huge yields, uh, big buds. Right. Cause it's like the goal is always like have a lot of weed. Right. No, one, no one's ever been like, yeah, I want to see how little weed I can get from this plant. That was <laughs> never a thing, especially because it's illegal too, right? So if you're taking that risk, um, yeah, it just it just wasn't wasn't really a thing. I think people thought of right um, but with it being legal now. It's just it was like a like an experiment almost. It was just like a a why not kind of kind of thing that I wanted to try and what I was going to get to, or my, my point was that because you're keeping it small, like all that stress that made it hard is kind of gone. So, um, yeah, cannon bonsai is actually pretty easy. And like, that's kind of my goal is to get, get that out there, but I right. just give it a shot. Um, I've, a, I've yeah. taken, I've taken my hand at like, 
like a regular, I think it was like a Chinese elm, just like a regular tiny bonsai tree that I transplanted mm-hmm. myself and I really struggled with it. It died super quick. And, yeah. and partially because I have zero experience in that field and it's something I, I probably I feel like actual, I mean, bonsai in general probably takes a lot of um, attention at first and, and through time, like it gets easier, I guess with um, if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure you use autos, right? As far as flowering goes. Yeah. Yeah. I use autos. And, uh, and, and to be honest, it's like, I'm, my plants are bonsai inspired. They're not like real bonsai because bonsais live forever. Right. Yeah. Um, hundreds of years. Right. Yeah. But like at the same time, like with a real bonsai to get a cool bend in the trunk takes years with a can of bonsai. It takes like a couple weeks. So it's like a like a high speed bonsai, like where you get to like use a lot of the bonsai techniques like wire work and bending and like, you know, manipulating the angle of the pot and a lot of things like that. But like in in a short amount of period. So it's like bonsai for people with ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's it's impatient bonsai. Yeah. Pretty much. No, but I mean, it looks, the thing about it is it looks like some of the, the structures that you use, um, like putting it on top of a rock or, you know, just the, the way that you, um, accentuate the roots, it does look like it's ancient, you know, it Thank looks you. like it's been around Thank for you. a while. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's bonsai inspired. So I get a lot of like inspiration from actual bonsais, like pictures of them and, and, uh, yeah. And a lot of the techniques are, are bonsai techniques. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you ever feel like you're on like the bleeding edge of something completely brand new? Because I feel like you are. I feel like you're um, I don't. I don't know. Like like I said, there's there's like a couple other people that were doing it as well, and um, I but I, I definitely noticed that there wasn't a lot of people doing, and I feel like that's where I I kind of I guess I don't know just put in some hard work. Like I saw an opportunity. Like I grew like my first can of bonsai, and it looked. I, I was really happy with how it looked. So I was like, and the hashtag had maybe like, I don't know. I think it was like less than 500 people on it on Instagram. Wow. So just kind of, I just felt like, Oh, this is like kind of a cool opportunity. Um, there's not much out there. If I can just start creating a lot of content, uh, it might get somewhere. And then Reddit happened. And um, do you know Reddit? Uh, I see that's that's like a whole that's like a whole vortex of fucking information that I don't know how to access for some yeah. reason. You know, it, it, it's a lot of it's like that's for a lot of people, but it's surprisingly big. It always trips me out. Uh, and that's why I always ask, like, do, do you know Reddit? Um, but it's actually there's different like parts of Reddit and like right. the, the like, I guess the, the pot like cannabis section of it is um, is called R Trees. And yeah, like a picture that I took at my, with my phone at a photo shoot. It wasn't even one of like the pictures that the photographer took. Um, I remember just like waking up on a Sunday and thinking, Oh man, people might like this on Reddit. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. No doubt. And it just, the picture just blew up and my Instagram account just blew up and yeah. And then that's, it's like, oh my gosh, what I thought would happen actually happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, manifestation at its finest. That's- yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty trippy. And then it was like, okay, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> like, well, I, you made a book. You made a book, and that, yeah. I feel like that's the next step, right? And that, yeah, that's yeah. I, I had tons of questions, like, and and like I was replying to like tons of DMs. So I was like, oh man, I should just put this all down somewhere, and. uh 
yeah, I was going to make like a small, just like text file answering all those questions. And that kind of evolved into, into making a book. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just looking up, I, I went on Amazon um, and looked up to see, you know, if there's anything else in the field of can of bonsai. And you're the only book on there that I can find, which is, uh, which is why there's one other, there's one other one. Really? Okay. Well, maybe I sh- I'll look a little harder, but I, yeah. I haven't. Okay. Yeah. I guess there's some, see, these are on like Spanish and like, I don't know for, as far as like yeah, presentation yeah, the, goes. Yeah. It's, they, they, have them, they have them in all the languages. Um, right. yeah, they, they were, they released their book like three days before I did. Oh, like wow. I announced that I was releasing mine on 420 and I, like, I, you know, they never announced anything and just boom. It was out. It's <laughs> um, so interesting. Jeez. Yeah, it put a fire in my belly, though. I'm not going to lie. It was like, okay. All right. It's um, like <laughs> It's funny because there's one other person. It's not like there's like, you know, it's not like yeah. there's like 15 other books you're competing with. So, I, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. personally, I, I look up Can of Bonsai on, on Amazon. You're the first book. Um, and what I think is really cool about that is uh, you took something that started as, like you said, like just a little text chain that you're like going to answer questions on and you made it into something tangible that is now, you know, out there for people to resource and use, um, to do what you, you're doing, you know, and to, to dabble in that field. And that's, I mean, being from America, it's hard cause I can't just grow pot. But when I saw your Instagram page initially, I was like, holy fuck, I want to do this more than anything now. Like this is so, so cool. Uh, what are the laws in, in your state? Uh, being from Washington, they're pretty lax as far as smoking and possession goes, but as far as growing, um, it's still pretty illegal. Really? Um, and, and, yeah. Unless, unless you have a medical card. Yeah. If you have a medical card or like a medical, um, like certificate, uh, you're able to grow, I think up to six, I want to say six plants. Don't quote me. I could be wrong. I hate being mm-hmm. wrong on things like that, but yeah, I, um, I wish, and I, I've actually considered getting a, medicinal license just so i could grow um just because like what what i mean what feels better than growing something that you're consuming you know it's just oh like, it's great it's great right? like i have big plants that i grow uh to smoke okay um, that's my that was one of my questions i was going to ask you actually is do you smoke the yield that comes off of the bonsai yeah I, like i'll smoke it but it's like that's not the reason for the bonsai do you know what i mean like right, I, right. I get such small amounts uh it's like yeah i'll smoke those five grams and i'll enjoy them but it's like I, I have big plants for for my like you know regular use. Right. What well, what are uh, the rules in Canada as far as growth goes? Uh, four plants. Four plants. Wow. Yeah. Four plants. Any uh, regulations? If, if you or? get your medical license, like your ASMR, a I don't know something some acronym. <laughs> um, you can grow up to like fifty or a hundred. Holy shit. Yeah. Pretty crazy. <laughs> what do they expect you to do with all that? Do they care if you I don't know. Maybe like even, even four plants, you're getting like a good a good bit. Like that's yeah. nice. For big you plants, know? you're getting a lot of weed. Yeah, it's, no uh, doubt. More than enough. Yeah. I have a few buddies that grow um here illegally just cause. You know what I'm saying? Like fuck it. Like nothing's gonna yeah. stop them from growing it. Like Yeah, exactly. It's, it's um, easy enough to keep it stealthy. Right. I mean, the smell is obviously like one factor, but as far as like, I mean, it's a pretty quick turnaround for the most part. It's not like you're, you know, I don't know. I feel like my, my experience and knowledge of growing is, is very minimal, but I've been a pot smoker for like 10, 10 years now, I'd say. Um, but I've always, like I said, always wanted to 
dive into that. And I, I think finding your Instagram, I was like, damn, I got to get this guy on the podcast. This would be really fucking cool. Yeah, my goal is to get everyone growing their own. And just like kind of realizing like that, you know, it's not, it's not hard. It's not a hard thing to do. Uh, you just got to start doing it. And, and if you get into it, you know, you, you, then, then, then you can start taking on challenges like, you know, growing huge high yielding plants and trying like different mediums. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fun world. Like with my big plants, we've grown in soil, we've grown in cocoa coir, and, and now we're doing um like hydroponic DWC, which is like deep water culture where where the roots just sit in the water and it bubbles. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's like it, it works great, man. And it's um and it's not it's not rocket science, you know, it's not not super simple, but like it's not rocket science. You just watch some YouTube videos and give it a whirl right right i mean the the knowledge is out there to to be learned from and to be taught for sure um i think we should i want to go back a little bit because i mentioned earlier that your uh bonsai plants are autos um and for our audience that don't know what that is if you would be so kind to maybe explain what that means yeah so um an auto isn't dependent on a light cycle okay uh so regular photo period plants uh, can tell when it's summer and when summer's ending by the amount of light that they get. Right. Um, so a lot of growers could use this, like growers who are growing indoors could use this to their advantage and trick the plant into thinking it's summer for like a really long time or make it think it's summer when it's actually winter outside. Right. And that like the longer you keep it, the bigger the plants will get. So then when you do flip it into flowering, uh, where the they get less light, you're going to get a, a higher yield. Um, autos they they do all that on their own. They don't they don't like they're not att- paying attention to the light kind of thing. So they'll wow, that's interesting. Yeah, they'll just flip into flowering when the plant is ready. So like around week five, week six, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. Um, yeah, they'll just flip into flowering. How do you um, find that kind of seed? I feel like, is that kind of, is that a seed thing or is that uh, like, a- so, so there's cannabis, like there's, we all know cannabis sativa. Right. And we all know cannabis indica. There's a third one and that's cannabis ruderalis. Huh. And the ruderalis is the auto flowering cannabis. So they mix those with like the indica and the, and the sativa, depending on, on the type of ruderalis that you want. And yeah, they, they create auto flowering seeds. And I think they're from like parts of like Northern, like, like further North where there's okay. like longer days and stuff. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. Sure. And I found they, they work really well because that you can give them 24 hours of light. And that's, I guess that's kind of the, the trick, I guess, if you want to call it to my plants is I just blast them with light from day one. Um, whether it's like real light on the window or outside when it's a nice day so I can look at it or at night and it's 10. So, and, wow. Uh, yeah. So regular, regular cannabis growth. Um, there's a, there's a cycle. I know there's a cycle. Yeah, and and like, if you mess that up, it really messes the plants up. Right. Like, they'll, then, like they'll herm out or, or yeah, something like that. Exactly. Exactly. So that's where it kind of gets tricky. And just with the autos, like none of that, like, Sometimes it'll be growing too fast. And it's like, oh, I'm going to start giving you a little bit of rest at night kind of thing. So I just start giving it rest and then I'll, I'll stop 
in a bit. And I don't know, it's, I've given them like the most erratic light cycles and it doesn't really mess with them too much. I kind of use it as a, as a tool almost. Okay. Kind of speed up growth or slow down growth. And this is all by trial and error, right? Like you figured this out by just mm-hmm. doing it, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there was no book. I mean, I mean, there may have been books for you or like some sort of example, but that's why I said earlier, like, do you ever feel like you're on the bleeding edge of something? Cause I feel like you're on the Maybe. beginning of something, you know, something Maybe. a little. Yeah. I've done, I guess I've done a lot of trial and error and, and figure some things out like that. <laughs> well, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, like you're making the headway for this right now for people yeah. you're kind of you're pioneering it in a way and that's really cool um and it's hard it's really hard to do nowadays um in a lot of things because so many things have been done so many things are being done so finding like a niche to pioneer yourself is really cool and i think on top of that um through doing this like like people can probably learn about actual bonsai processes through doing this too you know what i'm saying yeah. it's not just it's not just uh, about making a pot plant that's cute, yeah cute yeah, tiny, yeah it's it's a good way to kind of like meditate almost yeah you know? oh it's so peaceful man yeah. uh, every day you look at your plant and and you become really in tune with it mm-hmm. um, because you, you you look at it every day sometimes you just stare at it and um, you notice every little change and uh, there's something cool about that i don't know like noticing change in a plant because it's so slow um and yeah and just kind of you do definitely zen out looking after and it it wasn't something that i kind of thought of beforehand it's just something that kind of like happens and uh it's nice it's really nice I think another another really good point to make about this as well is the fact of um it being such a um like almost a novelty sized plant that you you're able to put it in a store in a retail store in Canada, right there. I saw a uh, AOK, right? Is that is that yeah, studio? Okay, that was more of a, a show, like a, like an art show, like a studio art show. They weren't for sale. But how cool is that to have them on display for the public? Yeah, right? it, it's incredible. Felt, That's it next. Felt really good sharing it. Um, it felt really good seeing people's reactions live to it. Wow. Um, just their stoke on it. Like one, a guy teared up once. <laughs> really? Kind of an emotional cool. attachment. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. <laughs> well, you're refining this this massive getting, weed. Getting you know what I'm saying? Over it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, because you wouldn't put like a regular standard size pot plant in that room. You know, I'm like, I mean, you could. It's still pretty. But like the yeah. elegance behind the, the miniature size is very, it's like a. Like I said, like a novelty almost, you know, like Thank you. It's a trinket. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if it were possible and maybe we could like pioneer some shit down here in Washington to get, you know, legal can of bonsai, that'd be so tight. Yeah, dude. I, like I said, it's, I don't own, can, I don't own these techniques. I don't own anything about this. I think it's like the community owns it. And wow. um, yeah, I want everyone doing it. And uh, I want to share everyone's work too. That's part of my goal as well. Um, Cause I can't wait till someone's growing cooler can of bonsais than I am. Wow. Like, I'm like looking forward to that day, you know? And some people are, man. Some people are doing amazing stuff. So, but like, I feel like one day someone's going to come along and do something like next level. And I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, I hope I can pave the path so that person can, you know, get recognition quickly and all that. Right. And, and I think the community I think, going. I think being a steward of the knowledge that you have in this area is um 
you're being a good steward of it in the sense that you want to see people outdo you. That's really cool. That's extremely rare in the sense that most people that are at the top of the game or the innovator of the game, they're they're very like uh, closed off about like, oh, nope, mine's the original, mine's the best. Like this is a patent technology. Like it's really, it's uh, inspiring to see, even on Instagram prior to the interview, uh, seeing how supportive you are of other people learning this knowledge and able to being able to like share it in a way that's friendly, welcoming, and like creates like this community you're speaking of. Um, that I think that's going to be a big like formative thing, especially for like like I said, this new thing that you're uh, you're doing. It's um, something Thank that I, I feel like people are going to once America gets their shit figured out. That's going to be a major. That could be a major like botanical artistry, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait till uh, I can go to conventions and stuff because they're they're like every time a state legalizes, um, there's a convention in that state, right, for the industry, right? And uh, yeah, I can't wait till I can do some travel and kind of go to those and and yeah, work work with this because each state's going to have individual laws, so I'll, I'll, I'll see how I can apply what i'm doing to that right we just legal i think a few like we we just flipped a few states this yeah. past election as yeah, far yeah. as legalization and also uh oregon um legalized psilocybin use in clinical trials for yeah that's awesome and just all drugs they were decriminalized right oh, yeah we did that yeah. here in canada um like well in vancouver vancouver was actually one of the first places to do that um wow. and i think it's great I think it's really good. These people, like, they need help. They don't need to be made criminals, put into places where they can be made better criminals. Exactly. Or like, or, or worsen, right? Yeah, or get yeah. worse. Like, there's yeah. no, what's the, um, where's the love in that? And the, where's the understanding of, like, a human life? And I feel like yeah. as far as, as far as the, like, criminal justice system goes here, we're really bad at arresting people for drug charges. And it being legal now, um, like, cannabis wise in a lot of states it's really disappointing to see people who are still in jail or in prison over cannabis related charges that's so frustrating yeah i know but they're they're, they're making steps there's progress right there's that's all time, so, i agree with you it's it's a bummer man so as far as canada goes um what's uh what are the um how do i word this let's see is there a big rate of people being arrested for cannabis use or cannabis um, like movement, I guess, in a way? Like, is it a is it something that's worried about, I guess, is the question, because down here it's starting to get less of a it's becoming less of an issue and more of just like a, a general you know, part of American society. But as far as Canada, like you said, you guys have been ahead of the curve on a lot of things for a while. <laughs> at yeah. least, you know. I feel like we, we decriminalized. Um, when I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was still in high school okay. when that happened. That was like the early 2000s. Um, and, and yeah, so at that point it's, it, it started being looked at less than cocaine and crack and meth. Yeah. Um, cause that's one thing that always kind of like tripped me out. Like when I would hear about American laws and it's like, yeah, weed, it's exactly the same as cocaine. Like yeah, to, exactly. to the in the eye of them, it's exactly the same. And I remember, like, even as a high school kid, always thinking, like, whoa, like, that's intense. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a bit yeah. extra. So, um, so yeah, it, it, I always, even like I said, we, we would always hide from the cops and sometimes they would bust us, but like, they just take our weed, um, you know, maybe, maybe give us a hard time. But like, it was never, 
we never feared for our futures, right? Wow. I wow. never, never felt that. Um, I grew my first plant, like in like my back of the, behind my backyard, there was like a field. I was like 16 years old and, um, yeah, didn't really, if I, I, I don't know what would have happened if I'd gotten caught, to be honest, there was like one plant and I was like 16. I feel like cops would have just like, you know, slap on the wrist, told my parents, um, <laughs> ripped your plants up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, so yeah, there was never really a concern. And then like in my twenties, like even less, like I was pretty, I was pretty, you know, I could walk downtown Toronto and like, you know, spark a dub and I wouldn't really think twice about it. That's kind um, of how Seattle is. Yeah. In that sense. We're kind of there now. Like and, I, I don't feel sketchy smoking weed in public really. Yeah. So, and then, and then when I moved to Vancouver, it was like even, even more chill where like you had storefronts selling weed and I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. Right. That's yeah, such they're, a trip. they're really ahead of the curve on uh, dispensaries here. Um, it was like, uh, like the golden era where legal before, cause legalization kind of almost not, I don't want to say ruined it a bit, but you know, it was like the wild west. Right. So anybody who was selling weed could go legit with a storefront. Kind wow. of so you Holy could shit. take all that all that money you had in shoe boxes and yeah. <laughs> rent the storefront and boom, you were like a legit business person now. Wow. And um there were so many of them, so many of them, and so handy. So like that created a lot of competition and drove the prices down. Um, so you know, a lot of like the more top shelf stuff was more affordable. It was it was good. And then when legalization happened, like they all shut down. Right. Cause like I said, a lot of them were very, very questionable and you get more peace of mind now. Right. right. Um, because of all the regulations, you know, like they can't be using like harmful pesticides and things like that. Right. Um, so like, I mean, I like that about it. And they're also like, like the gray market blew up because dispensaries were just, just became so overpriced. Um, but because that happened now, the, they're realizing that they have to offer like more affordable prices and, and they're doing that. So, so it's, I guess it's a learning process for them. Are you allowed to, if you grow like personal cannabis, are you allowed to sell to dispensaries? Is there like some sort of process? You uh, no, no, you can't. Um, you're only allowed to for four plants, right? Right. Um, but like you can, you can mail it to your friends. No problem. Like across the country. No way. Yeah, like up to two ounces. Because the whole country is legal. It's not by province. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, Mailing and, your friend two zips. Could you imagine? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Check out my homegrown, bro. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, the future's crazy. The first time I paid uh, with tap for weed, that was like the coolest thing. I was like, man, if I could time travel to like. 13 year old me riding his bike fucking 20 kilometers in the snow to grab like a shitty dime bag you <laughs> can tell him like hey little guy one day you're gonna walk into the store tap your card on a machine and you get weed it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and these stores are everywhere i don't know if i'd believe me <laughs> no they would think you're high as fuck yeah it's like who's this homeless person like where is this guy what the fuck yeah. is this guy talking about there's yeah. no way they're gonna accept debit cards one day yeah. what that yeah that's so 
you said it's it's countrywide, and you I think you kind of hinted at the fact that you're are you from Toronto? Uh, I I grew up there. I'm I live in Vancouver now. Okay, yeah. So I knew you lived in Vancouver now, but you're from Toronto. You grew up in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, a okay. suburb of it, Mississauga. It's, it's the burb. And I think I saw somewhere on your Instagram. I could correct me if I'm wrong. Are you uh, Peruvian? Yeah. So I was born in Peru, and I moved to Toronto with my family at five. Wow. So I, I like I still speak Spanish with my parents, but I, I identify as a Canadian, and, and uh, I'm proud of my Peruvian heritage, but um, definitely Canadian through and through. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like Canadians, I'd rep the fuck out of being Canadian. That's cool yeah. shit. <laughs> being American yeah. right now is, is cool kind of sometimes, but usually it entails some sort of racism or fucking terrible. Like, I don't know. We're we're trying to figure our shit out. I don't know if you keep up with yeah, that. Yeah, man. Like, we totally get it that it's not every American, man. Like, we totally understand that. Like, we love Washington, um, you know, Oregon, California. Like, it's like, we wish we could, like, adopt you guys. Yeah, please take us. <laughs> Quebec or something. Like, here, take Quebec. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. 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 yeah, you can have Quebec. We just want Washington and Oregon, yeah. Northern California. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the West Coast is pretty cool. And I feel yeah. like... like I feel like we're all similar vibes. It'd be great. We're just all uh, like-minded, I feel yeah. like, in this region of the world. Yeah, just in the yeah. sense that, you know... Mindful we, of, like, nature, you know, and open-minded and just understanding. Yeah, what do we want? Fresh air? Clean water? Psh. Yeah, that's that's really it. I mean, that's the benefit of living out here, in my opinion. Is a lot of a lot of the reason why I'll probably never leave Washington is because I like you can't go anywhere and get tap water this tasty. You know, probably yeah. other than like Canada. Canada's probably got some fire tap water. Oh yeah, we got some. Especially yeah, we got some really good tap water. There's like some springs by my house that people will go there and like fill up like gallons of water. Oh, because that it's amazing. absolutely like really like really good it's it's kind of it's funny every time I, i'm out for a jog you always see someone there filling jugs yeah water. that's the way to be i don't know if canada puts fluoride in your water but we get dosed with fluoride every time we drink tap water mm. or shower here yeah if, they stop that here we used to for those listening to the podcast that are unfamiliar with fluoride um and you can call me a conspiracy theorist if you'd like but i do know factually that fluoride is bad for your brain it's bad for your pineal gland calcifies parts of your brain um that are necessary for creativity for uh consciousness in general um and it's bad and i suggest drinking spring water as much as you can if not filtered water the best you can because it's a dangerous world out there and they say that certain things are for certain things but that's not always the case like i don't need to drink fluoride for my teeth to be strong you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) exactly just take care of them right yeah. The thing about being, I wanted to say about you being from Peru, though, is I've recently, one of my favorite podcasts I've done um, was with a Peruvian artist named uh, Chris Dyer. And actually, he's from Montreal. So two Canadian fucking awesome folks to have on the pod. It was, it was, he's he's super cool. You should check him out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. You may have even seen his art considering you're, you know, someone that uses pot. <laughs> like it's very, very trippy, psychedelic, amazing, uh, like spiritual stuff that he puts out. And he actually is down in Terapoto, uh, Peru right now doing a, um, like, a he does ayahuasca retreats. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So he's, he's, I think he's conducting an ayahuasca art class, uh, over the next, I think over the winter. Uh, oh, wow. so he just, yeah, it was really dope. Um, but yeah, man, that's, 
It's cool. I, I do proving people are chill as fuck. You guys are fucking dope. I mean, I've had two of you guys on already. I, I, I'd have to agree. And like just a lot of proving because like I, I said, I grew up in Toronto. But right. Every time I'd go back to Peru and I'd feel like this kind of like connect with the people there. And yeah, it was like their chillness. It's it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a, an easy going place. I'm I'm originally from Hawaii, so like when I go back to Hawaii, yeah, it definitely yeah. feels it's that same vibe of like you know, yeah, just, you know, yeah. People just take life way too seriously sometimes, man. I agree. I agree yeah, totally. And just they end up complicating it for themselves. Like, man, doesn't have to be that hard. That's why they got to start making can of bonsais, man. Get some stress relief and get yeah. some 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 herb out of it. Come on now, yeah. it's good. It's good for everybody. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you too about your professional life because I know you are a you're a gymnast coach, correct? Yeah, I coach uh, men's gymnastics. Wow. Okay. Uh, provincial so, and national level. Wow. So yeah. Oli- Olympic type stuff then potentially. Yeah, like a lot of the clubs that I've coached at have had Olympians, and I've worked with them. Like I've never produced an Olympian. But I've been part of programs that do. Wow. Can yeah. you kind of talk about that a little bit? That's really interesting. Yeah, I've been doing it like for 18 years now. I think almost 19. Wow. Um, and I love it. I love it. It's uh, I'm very passionate about it. It's, it's the most rewarding job. Um, helping someone to like achieve awesomeness is, is just, it's great. Um, I, I'm also like, I wanted to be, a, I was thinking about becoming a teacher because I enjoyed coaching so much, mm-hmm. but then I realized that coaching, like you're almost spoiled because at higher levels you get to choose like really talented athletes with amazing support systems because the parents have to drive them and pay for classes. Right. Um, as a teacher, like a lot of times the parents, like, you know, you don't know what you're getting. Well, yeah, you're just getting someone's baby, you know, babysitting yeah. sometimes, you know, like, yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I don't want to take away from it. I'm sure like people, no, yeah, totally. with students, but when you've got a class of 30, it's probably a lot harder than if you have a group of like six to eight kids. Um, and I also coach them for more than just one year. Like my athletes have been my athletes for the last four years. Wow. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, you create a, a bond with with the parents and and the child, right? It's like you become a team. Yeah, no, and you you um, get to have this deeper impact when you have that longevity with yeah. their, with the growth of that you know that individual. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's uh, it's different every time because it's like so you're not teaching the same skills because as they're growing, they're learning new skills and all their skills are kind of building up. You know, you got to have like you'd be planning ahead because what you do now is gonna affect what you do later and. Yeah, it's it's I, I really enjoy it, and uh, I'm actually I've I've done it like on and off like most of my life, like not on and off, but never really committed to a place because it's it's more of a a commitment job because it takes at least ten years to produce an Olympian or a high level national athlete. Wow! Um, and because I always wanted to kind of like ski, like snowboarding was a big priority in my life in my twenties. Uh, so I would just kind of move to a place close to snowboarding and be like, Hey guys, I can coach your high level kids for like a year, a year or two, but I can't commit and, you know, take a salary, uh, a pay cut, but, uh, didn't burn any bridges. Wow. Um, and yeah, so I ended up doing that. And, but then at one point it was like, you know, time to grow up and I moved here to Vancouver and I'm at a really great club. 
And yeah, things are actually working out. I was provincial coach of the year, uh, Damn. 2019. So, <laughs> That's huge, Manny. That's crazy. I don't. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know the gravity of that. Just, but just given the title itself, it sounds like that's a very like sought after and like hard, like obviously very hard earned position in the sense that like that's investment of not only like their time and you, but your time and them. And, and yeah, and I, I work to- very hard. I'm very very proud of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was awesome. a good year. I started Canna Bonsai and was provincial level coach of the year, so I was felt really really yeah. really blessed after that year. What a what a very like polarizingly different um, interest set that you have. What yeah, there's a struggle. Like definitely uh, have to be careful. Do you find the parallels at all where where cannabis can help? you know your performance as a gymnast or as a coach or, or do you like um, is, is there any related experience there like as far as benefiting one or the other the, obviously probably cannabonsai probably think, doesn't help with gym being a gymnast or yeah like, i think i think like uh cbd cbd okay. for for pain mm-hmm. um in in sports is going to be huge um, and I think like that should be explored and, and, uh, more people should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a long distance runner and, and I enjoy smoking weed when I, when I long distance run. So I hope that, that the, 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 is it stigma or like stereotype? Yeah. I think either. Um, yeah. yeah. The stigma of, of weed kind of goes away in sports in general. Um, but it's at the same time, it's like. I don't I don't know it's 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 a tricky one because you end of the day it's 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 comes down to personal choice for sure I think as far as CBD though like what you're saying about CBD I don't think um you know like I'm sure these athletes have some sort of pain management these top level athletes have some sort of pain management that involves taking a Tylenol or you know like things that are created and OTC available um but in the sense of like CBD yes it is a um a personal choice but at the same time it's also in my I guess it's just my opinion but it's a more natural and probably more effective long-term choice for your body oh yeah no I agree and so you so you smoke you're a long distance runner and you smoke before you run or after before during and after well it's like if, if it's under 10k I won't I won't bring a dube Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like it's like a, a dupe for every 10k. I run. Wow. So if I'm doing 10, 20k, I'll bring two dupes. I'm doing 30k, I'll bring three dupes, and just kind of oh. squeeze them in there and oh. somehow. And yeah, it's great, man. It's like because you're almost like in a meditative state, you know, where you're just really focused on your breathing and and just not stopping. Right. And keep yeah, and um, I find just weed really helps me get in that 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 zone a lot easier so you kind of use it as like a it's like a it's almost like a pre-workout like a yeah and also pain management right so it's like a bit of both right kinda like helps me push a little further doesn't affect your lungs or breathing at all as far as the smoke goes no no wow. i'm a bong smoker and uh, i've always i've always enjoyed running a lot and i don't know i i, I can't say it's i guess i don't know any different to be honest <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it's a trained thing, you know, like it's yeah, a, you definitely I can still run long distances pretty pretty easily. So I don't know; it doesn't seem to be affecting me too much. Maybe if I didn't, I could run double. But like, 
I don't, I don't know. Care to, but like, I'm kind of really happy with what I'm at now. I don't think I'd have time to run that much, to be honest. Well, I mean, 30, yeah. 30 K, 30 K. I mean, to, yeah, that's to, like you know, once a month though. Like, it's not but still, I mean, that's 18 miles. That's more yeah. than the average person's running in, in, in miles. And for those listening in America, that's 18 miles. And I, I don't even know four people that could run 18, 18 yeah. miles and smoke two joints. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Um, I feel like, I feel like maybe as far as like the focus thing goes and the meditation aspect of it, it's, you can definitely use it. Do you, do you smoke like a particular strain? Do you have like a, like a, like a sativa dominant for that kind of thing? Or is it? Yeah, I'll definitely go sativa dominant with those. Um, And then indicas for recovery after. Do you believe in the whole, as someone who grows weed, do you believe in the, like the, the saying that um, indica and sativa are kind of a myth now and that everything's a hybrid? Do you, do you like, can you back that up or do you think that's a like a reasonable assumption i i don't know i feel like there are still indica and sativa strains that are very like Like i see see where people are coming from when they say that for sure um i used to um yeah i i think like but if you asked me before i started growing i would have agreed okay why is that what changed um, I feel like when you take care of your plants and, and dry them properly and cure them properly, you experience the effects of it a lot better, or maybe you're more mindful of them. I don't know. As far uh, as you're saying, like between indica and sativa, like if you yeah. were cure, trim, you know, raise yeah. a plant, you get the, the effects of indica are more heavily felt based on that. So yeah. Saying. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm. You kind of taught me something new today. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you've taught me a lot of new things so far in this 40 minutes we've been talking. But as far as strains go, ruderalis, I had never heard of that. And that's yeah, weird. that was something I learned when I got into all this stuff. Is it yeah. is it uh, is it like a hybrid between the two? Does it have more sedative effects or more um, like cerebral high effects, or is it more of like like is it wild it, card kind of thing? I think it's lower THC, lower. Lower everything. Um, I couldn't answer that question to be honest. Okay, um, I was just curious. I mean, if it's okay, you don't know. I just, I just, yeah, I, yeah, no, 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 it's a good question. I, I kind of like, I think it's lower because you, if it had higher like THC levels, then they wouldn't have to mix it, like you know, breathe, like make hybrid uh, with it, right? right? Right, right. Okay, I feel like the reason they, they, they like make like, blah, what's the word I'm looking for uh, when they make two plants breed. Breed, yeah, breed them together. Right. Um, yeah, they wouldn't have to breed them with indicas or sativas, right? Have you created your own strains at all? Have you like bred your own strains? Uh, no, cannabis yet? No, no, I haven't. I'm I'm thinking of it. Um, just because I want to start selling seeds or including seeds with the starter packs, or find a way of it around it. But um, I've been in touch with some some like growers that are with auto flowers and I might just like uh, team up with them. Yeah. Collaborate with them on it. it. Yeah. Let them. um, I don't really have the space in my place to do that. I'm pretty limited here. Um, So, yeah. So I think that would, that would work out. And if someone's already kind of got all that going, um, we could just kind of, I could just kind of boost them up, help them, help them, you know, kind of get a leg in the game with, with my following. 
yeah, kind of like let each other play each other off each other's strengths in a way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like let them bring to the table what they're good at. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, if you had like a dream cross that you think of, what would it be? Um, no question. I know. I'm sorry. There's probably too many strains. To, to yeah. Play. I don't know, man. That's, that's a tough one. Um, for me, it would be something high CBD just because that's what I've been on a lot lately, so like Sour Tsunami or White Widow mixed with something like Dutch Treat or I'm a big fan of uh, like cookies strains. Uh, yeah, the cookie strains are amazing. All of them. Yeah, maybe like a, a cookie strain with like with a sativa with like some kind of haze. Yeah. Ooh, like a cookie would- haze. See, that's the fun part for me. I feel like we're yeah. creating different strains, you know, yeah. coming up with different genetics. It's, yeah, I can't wait to get into that to like have the space, yeah, refining it, you know, and that that's like, that takes time because, uh, yeah, you just got to keep breeding them until you've got that perfect, pure specimen, right? Well, I see these seeds online from like White Runts, um, their website or Runt's website, there's uh, seeds on there for 700 bucks for 10 seeds. And I was like, holy shit, dude. That better be like the most fireweed, all 10 of those seeds. Like there better to be no duds in there. Like, Yeah. What? Is really? that a lot? Is that a lot of money for seeds? I feel like that's a lot of that's money. For crazy, man. $70 a seed, right? Is that what it works out to? Well, I mean, I had a, yeah. I'm, uh, let's see. Let's look it up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like. So sometimes you end up with weed in your in your bag, you know what I'm saying, or seeds in your bag. Like I've had seeds, yeah. like, so I just pop those. Or you just like could just pop those. I feel like, but seven hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like, is it gonna be better? Okay, but is it gonna be six hundred dollars better? Right. You know what, what, I mean? what makes it? Is it just the rarity or like what? You know what I, I don't. I really don't know. I don't what, know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I would. I would ever go that route, to be honest. Sounds like hype to me. Yeah. Like, could something be $600 better? You know what I mean? Could any weed be $600 better than any other weed? <laughs> like, that's how I would look at it. And if, if I don't know if that exists. That's what I'm saying. Some of these rappers or like high profile mm-hmm. celebrities talk about like, oh, smoking on like a $500 ounce. I'm like, you're dumb. Why are you paying that much yeah. money for like an ounce, dude? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anything can be that like, cause yeah, like, I don't know. I've smoked really, really good weed, but like it's never been so much better than like something else that like I would, that would, it would justify paying like that much more. I don't know. Do you know what I'm getting at? I totally know. I totally get it. Cause I I mean, at one point in time I was spending $55 an eighth Mm -hmm. at the dispensary here. And that's, that to me is ridiculous. 55 American for an eighth. I can get an eighth from my buddy who grows for 20 bucks. I can get a a half for 70, you know, like 55 bucks for uh, an eighth. Like I see what you're saying. Exactly. Like what aspects of that cannabis makes it that much more you know what i'm saying like yeah they use, they use more chemicals on it to make it more you know what i'm saying like like how yeah. i don't know it's just a trip it's a trip to me because it shouldn't Take i don't think it should. i don't it's know hype. yeah it's like buying a gucci bag it's still yeah. you know it's, i mean gucci's cool but it, it, it foundationally is still just a bag <laughs> yeah. you know oh man yeah i i i feel like 
going into this podcast, I didn't want to keep it specifically to uh, one topic. I was I'm I'm pretty stoked to hear about like your gymnastic stuff too, because being um, provincial coach of the year, how do you even like how do you even do that? Like what what are the accolades you have to like? What are the the pre the prerequisites for that? Um, well, you have to be a provincial level coach, <laughs> right? But get coach of the year, what sets you aside? Is it just the performance of your students? Yeah, it was the performance of my athletes. Um, at all the competitions, they were in the, the top five, top 10 out of like 50, 60 kids. Um, and it just, it's a small, it's like the, the coaching community in the province. It's maybe like, I don't know, like 150 provincial coaches. Um, so like the people that choose these things, like, know all the athletes pretty well and know all the programs pretty well. And um, I definitely put in the work to make my athletes stand out. And it's really, it's, it's, it's nice when it's recognized. Yeah, like, I, I, I see it too, right? Like we, we have a lot of attention to detail um, in, in the gymnastics that I do. Is it, so forgive my ignorance on, on gymnastics, but as far as, um, what's your, what you're training these, these individuals on, is it, is it form and technique or is that something that they've already developed that you're just refining now that, that makes them stand out in the top 10 or is it, uh, it pre- precision or is it all of these things? It's, it's form and technique. Okay. And, and well, it's a combination. It's like, you got to have high level skills, but you got to make them look easy when you do them and they got to look clean. So, um, because I've been coaching my athletes for as long as I have, the I've instilled all those really good forms, uh, really good habits when it comes to form. So now that we're doing the higher level skills, a lot of that stuff just comes natural because right. the foundation was they, they, I, I built a good foundation um, at the beginning of their gymnastics in the early stages. I think I found a parallel uh, with growing and being a gymnastics coach in the sense of um, if you have a good foundation with your seeds, you're going to benefit from that later and your plants will have a good foundation to grow from being being more um, maybe productive later in life or more um, aesthetically pleasing. So there, yeah. there's a parallel. You know, it might not be directly related to smoking the weed, but the, the uh, discipline and the... Um, structure you know yeah definitely like the the attention to detail uh has to be there and like i said um like i end up staring at my plants a lot like sometimes it's like i'll just catch myself having looked at my plant for like 10 minutes 15 minutes and not having cut a single thing or done a single thing to it um um, yeah and and it's that kind of that 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 attention to detail that 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 I guess what's happening when I'm when I'm just staring at it is like I'm I'm planning the future of it, kind of like trying to see ahead, mm-hmm. and I like oh, okay, this growth might be like this, and and kind of go through every possibility, and and it's the same with with gymnastics, it's kind of catching, trying to predict what's going to happen through mindfulness early on. 
I think we both, yeah. when that question was proposed, we didn't know what could potentially be the answer with the parallel, but I think we found the answer. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's a good, uh, like a very cohesive point to be made that the precision and, and uh, attention to detail and catching things while they're young and catching, catching traits and habits or, or formations while they're young can result in, you know, um, either a catastrophe or, or making something incredible, you know, that's, that's cool. That's I'm glad we I'm glad we found the full circle on that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I think um, as far as talking about uh, the can of bonsai aspect of this podcast, um, I think teaching people about the patience that is developed with um, with that art form is is what people will take away from this, and, and then interest into something completely new. Um, I think. Everybody listening to this should go give Manny a follow. Um, his Instagram is at Bonsai Manny underscore Manny. Um, and I'm sure you could also Google uh, his name and find him there as well. Yeah. Canabonsai.org right? um, okay. is my website. And all my links are on there to my YouTube. Um, I have a whole bunch of instructional videos on there. All for uh, free. Yeah, all for free. Wow, yeah. it's it's a great kind of supplement to the book. Um, I think, um, and yeah, like to be honest, like you could just use the YouTube if you wanted to, and I'm like totally okay with that. And I'll answer people's questions because um, if you want to do it, I'll help. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I uh, on my YouTube, I did um, like beginning to end of three can of bonsais. Oh, the um, whole process. Yeah, the whole process. Kind of okay. like any time, any bit of work that I did on them, uh, it was filmed and it's put into this uh, seven seven episode series. And then right. I also have some um, some more high speed ones where like there's a little bit less explanation and stuff. Um, but they're just they're they're fun to watch. Just kind of like not quite time lapses, but. Um, the whole grow kind of condensed into like five minutes. Do you do all your own production as far as that goes? Yeah, man, my, my phone and <laughs> like a shitty phone tripod I got from Amazon. Um, I, um, I've always been like pretty good on computers, like a bit of a computer nerd. Um, I learned Photoshop in high school pretty well. So <clears throat> when I, when I got the creative cloud to make the book, uh, learning InDesign and and all that, then Premiere and a lot of the Adobe's like software package stuff was was kind of easy because it's all it's all pretty similar. Wow! So you put together that book yourself? You didn't have like a publisher or like someone, some editor or something? I I, I wrote it and then I paid an editor to okay. edit it because like English has never been like a, a strong suit. Um, my my one of my good buddies is my photographer. Um, so I paid him for the photography. Um, but that was like before I even thought about making the book, I just kind of wanted some pictures to remember the plants and the illustrations. I like, I drew like rough sketches and then one of my Instagram followers, um, um, we, we made a deal and, and she drew them up for me. And because she gave me such a great deal, I said, I told her like, not to worry about like, a timeline, a time frame, because I wasn't in much of a rush. And it kind of worked out perfect because I was going to take all that and give it to someone to put together. But um, the shutdown happened like two days mm-hmm. after she got the illustrations to me. 
Oh. So and I was like, whoa, okay. I guess I can put this together. Wow. Well, so what we're talking about, folks, is uh, Manny has, and we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, uh, a published book called Cannabonsai, A Beginner's Guide. Um, and you can get it on Amazon for uh, 1951 American and 32 or for a paperback and then 32.90 for a hardcover. I'm going to have to buy one myself, honestly. Yeah. Although I can't. On Barnes and Noble and. Barnes and like, Noble. Like, yeah, if there's people from Australia or Europe, like check your like major. Um, book retailers like online book retailers and they they might carry it right yeah definitely no i mean even if you can't grow a can of bonsai it still looks like a really cool book to just have yeah the, the goal was to have like a coffee table book like yeah, a really yeah. nice coffee table book and also have some instructions in it so kind of like a, a mix of the two i'm gonna have to get one i'm yeah. definitely gonna have to buy one this, that's so that, i thought it would make a great like kind of conversation starter like yeah you know, someone like picks up this book, like, what? What's this? <laughs> right. Yeah. What is that a pot plant? Plants? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I kind of, I have a, um, my coffee table book at the moment is, are you, do you know who Maddie Matheson is? Uh, no, I don't. So he's a chef. Um, a, a, I'd say a pretty well renowned chef from, um, he's from, what's the part of Canada that's above Buffalo? Um, you know, Ontario. He's just, Ontario. Yeah. He's from Ontario. He's, uh, he's, I'm pretty sure it's Ontario. I don't know. He lives pretty close to the New York border, though. I do know that. But he, um, his cookbook is so unorthodox and so like kind of like what you just said. Like, what the fuck? What kind of book is this? <laughs> like, it's so it's so interesting because it's all really strange recipes and all stuff like that. Man, I got I gotta say, I fuck with Canadians. Like, I've had this will be like my second Canadian. I'm trying to get Maddie on the podcast too. Nice. But you guys are you guys are always like super super dope to talk to and always have like really chill points of view and really, really relaxed, um, like podcast style, which is really fun. So thank like, you, thank yeah, you. thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate you coming and talking. To the yeah, people. no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. And like, maybe as, as things progress, you know, if things start to, uh, like pick up more for you, man, we can do a little check back and like, have you come back on and talk about, you know, where you're at in the future. Maybe this is, could be like a full-time business thing for you eventually. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows where it'll go? I I really don't, but uh, I'm gonna keep working hard at it. Definitely. So, yeah, well, hey, I I wish you all the best, man. Uh, sending blessings and you know just positive uh, positive thoughts towards your your journey and your endeavors, man. That's that's, yeah. that's awesome. Thanks so much, right back at you. All um, right. Yeah, and uh, when when you get this done, let me know, and I'll uh, I'm sure like I'm I know my my followers will will love to hear this. Um, oh yeah that's awesome yeah i usually so i'll make a cover uh, of you as well so if you just want to send me um if you want to send me like a picture of yourself and then or a picture of something you want on the cover i can send send you a couple examples too um but before we go really quick i know we we dropped your hashtag or your uh, your at name already but i like to give the guests like the last few minutes to just uh, say their truth, you know, say their message, something that they believe in, whether it be what we just talked about for an hour or if it's something completely different or just shouting yourself out or anything that you want to say. Uh, uh, I just want to thank, say thank you to all my followers. I just want to say thanks to all of them because like, like I know it's cliche, but I wouldn't be here without them. And their positivity and stoke like really gets me going. Like I get tons of DMs every day. Like you're probably never going to read this, but man, I love what you're doing. And yeah, like I, I never, like I said, I get a lot of them and I never want to start taking them for granted. Cause like, I feel like that's something that someone could easily do. Cause it's just like, 
I don't know. So I just want to make sure that I thank them all the time. And I reply to every single DM and yeah. Wow. Uh, you heard it. it. You heard it here. Help. I'm alive fans. We got a man of the people here. He's just here to spread the knowledge and then the love of, uh, of growing cannabis and whatever else kind of knowledge you can bring your way. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, people from Manny's page, thanks for, for popping in and listening to us. People from my page, however you found us, um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, peace and blessings. Peace.